I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Hi, everyone, and welcome to My Millennial Money Medical. My name's Dev Raga, and I'm your host. And in this episode, we will go through the concept of divorce, separation, and how property settlement works, and what happens if you have children in the mix. Now, I'm coming at this from a financial point of view. I'm not coming at this from an emotional point of view, and I'm definitely not a relationship counselor or a lawyer. So if you find this episode a little bit sensitive, you may wish to skip it or just take your time listening to it. You don't have to listen to it all at once. Now, we can't do this podcast without the support of Altus Financial. As a full-service financial advisory business, they can help you in many ways, whether that be your requirements on general business advice, structuring and use of multiple entities for tax minimization, or asset protection purposes to protect you for the extra risk we take as medical professionals or a sounding board on ideas you have on your business. Check out altusfinancial.com.au. Let's get started. If you want me to discuss a specific topic, or if you have a specific question, don't hesitate to contact me via Twitter or via Facebook. For those of you that are new to the channel, remember the three aims, education, empowerment, and entertainment. Now, before we talk about divorce, I think we need to know what a marriage is. So, what is marriage? The Marriage Act 1961 and the marriage regulations in 2017, they set the rules for getting married in Australia. And to get married in Australia, you need to fulfil the following criteria. Number one, you can't be married already. Number two, you can't marry a parent a grandparent, a child, a brother, or a sister, or a grandchild. Now, you have to be at least 18 years of age. And unless, though, what's interesting I found, is unless a court has authorised the marriage has been okay between the age of 16 and 18. Now, I find that really interesting because I thought you had to be 18 to get married regardless Number four, you got to understand what a marriage means and you got to agree to the marriage. Number five is you got to use specific terminology and words during your ceremony. Now, if you want to know what those words are, you can just Google it if you're interested. And number six is you got to give notice to a marriage celebrant at least one month in advance, but it can't be more than 18 months in advance, which is interesting. I didn't know the 18-month rule. And you've got to be married by an authorised marriage celebrant. So, random people can't formalise a marriage, which kind of makes sense. Now, there are two things you don't have to be. You don't have to be an Australian citizen 
to get married in Australia and you don't have to be a permanent resident. And on the 9th of December 2017, the law changed and the right to marriage was not determined by gender or by sex. So knowing what a marriage is, what is a divorce? Essentially, a divorce is a legal ending of a marriage. It has nothing to do with property settlement or child parenting arrangement. Those are separate matters, which I'll discuss in this episode as well. But the fundamental thing is, divorce is a legal thing and not a money thing. In other words, you can have a property settlement and have a child parenting arrangement without actually getting divorced. It means you're still married and it just means that it stops you from getting married again legally, but you don't need to have a divorce in order to have that property and child parenting arrangement settlements. The other thing is, if you're not divorced and are still married, with it comes some certain legal obligations. And to be able to get divorced, you need to show that the marriage has irretrievably broken down. And prior to the divorce, you need to be separated for 12 months or more. Now, the separation can be initiated by one person or both, and the divorce also can be initiated by one person or both. And in Australia, we have a no-fault system. That is, legally, they don't consider whose fault it is when considering a divorce application. It kind of makes sense because, according to person one, it's always person two's fault. And according to person two, it's always person one's fault. So, they're not even going down there. And I think that's reasonable because uh, it just makes it too complicated if you start, you know, whose fault it is, etc. Just having a no-fault system and just straight down the line is a lot easier to deal with. Now, how do you get divorced in Australia? You need a few things. So, you can be an Australian citizen or consider Australia your permanent home. Or you've lived in Australia for 12 months immediately prior to your divorce proceedings. And the important thing is you need not have been married in Australia to get a divorce in Australia. That was an interesting fact, which I didn't know about. I suspect if you're married overseas, when you come to Australia, you would need to register that marriage and show proof of it with the births, deaths and marriage registry. So technically you're kind of registered here, but the actual ceremony can happen wherever. Now, what about this concept called short marriages? Generally speaking, if you're married for less than two years, it's considered short marriage and you need to attend counselling sessions with a family counsellor, then apply for permission to the court to file a divorce application. Now, this whole thing about divorce that I found when I was doing a bit of research on it, the interesting thing that I found about getting a divorce is you don't really need anyone's permission to get married in the legal sense, but you kind of need permission in the legal sense to jump through hoops to get a divorce. Now, compared to a divorce, what is a separation? A separation is not the same as a divorce. It's still a breakup and it just means that you're living apart from one another and that living apart can be under the same roof. And generally speaking, you need to be separated for 12 months before you can file for divorce. And this is where legal advice may be useful. So a divorce is a legal proceeding, whereas separation 
is not a legal proceeding. It's just the fact that you're living away from each other. So what are the statistics in Australia about divorce? Interestingly, the divorce rate, so-called the crude divorce rate, has been falling since the 1990s. The crude rate basically is per 1,000 marriages. The divorce rate is around 1.9, which was around the lowest divorce rate recorded in the last 50 years. Now, the rate actually peaked in the 1960s and 70s, with the highest being in 1975 or after that. And the reason for that was because they amended the family law to include a no-fault divorce. The last few years, the divorce numbers in Australia has been relatively consistent at 48,000 to 50,000 divorces per year. And that accounts for the pandemic. But more information, we're going to talk about that a bit later. And we also need a 12-month separation time before being granted separation. At what age are couples divorcing according to the stats? Now, this is really interesting. Since 1970s, the median age of divorce has risen to 44 to 46 years of age. This has been attributed, I think, to people getting married later in life. And interestingly, people who are married for less than nine years tend to have the highest divorce rates. But then there's a bit of a lull. And once people are married for more than 20 years, the divorce rates pick up again. So the divorce rates based on longevity of marriage is a biphasic graph. Between 10 and 20 years of marriage seems to be the safest bet for not getting divorced. So this notion that the longer you live together, the more likely you're not going to get divorced is actually not true. For example, in 1990, 20% of divorces were in those couples married for greater than 20 years. In 2020, 27% of divorces were in those couples married for greater than 20 years. That proportion is slowly rising. Has the pandemic got anything to do with it? Lockdowns, spending way too much time together, tearing each other's hair apart, maybe. Not sure. I couldn't find any real data on impacts specifically of lockdowns and marriages and divorce rates and pandemics um, on the marriage and divorce rates, beg your pardon. Between separation and formal divorce, how long does it actually take? The median duration between separation and divorce is actually three to four years. So it's a very long process, unfortunately. What about children? The number of divorces involving children has actually dropped since the 1970s. But in the 2000s, it's kind of plateaued to around 45 to 50% of divorces involving children. This is likely due to the fact that long-term marriages, those greater than 20 years, are falling more and more often. Which means most of the time, by that time, the kids have already grown up. So there are no kids involved. And that could be the reason why the number of divorces involving children have actually dropped since the 1970s. So how do you actually apply for a divorce? Divorce in Australia is a federal thing, not a state thing, unless you live in WA. For some reason, WA is different. I'm not sure why. I didn't think the Marriage Act doesn't apply in WA, but divorce somehow is slightly different. You need to apply to the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia, and in WA, you need to apply to the Family Court of WA. You may not need to attend court, especially if you don't have kids, and you don't need to apply jointly. Just one person can initiate a divorce. 
and you can do the whole application online. Now, if you get a divorce, does this mean you'll also get a property settlement? And the short answer is no. A divorce does not grant you property settlement or parenting rights. That is completely different. And you need to sort that out. If you have children, a court will only grant a divorce once they've made sure the children are taken care of, including care arrangements for the children. You can settle property before a formal divorce if you wanted to, which is recommended. But if you don't, after divorce, you have about 12 months to sort this out. And there are some conditions there. What about the costs associated with getting a divorce except lawyer fees? The fees are around $300 to $1,200, depending on if you're a low-income cardholder or concession cardholder. And this seems relatively similar to WA Family Court fees too. So to bring everything together, let's use an example to highlight these principles. Amy and Rob have been married for eight years. They have two young children, aged three and six years age. They've decided to get a divorce. They qualify for being separated under one roof rules, and they've done this for 12 months. They fill out the relevant application and file for divorce. After assessing the application process, their divorce application is actually rejected. This is because they've not made sufficient arrangements for caring for their children. They resubmit the application with more information about care arrangements, for example, the involvement of grandparents, production and work hours, to ensure that children are cared for adequately. Amy and Rob have not got a property settlement yet and have just realised they still need to do this. The lawyers have advised to do this as soon as possible as their legal obligations on property are still present despite applying for a divorce. Interestingly, whether Rob or Amy are married or not in the first place wouldn't affect their property settlement. If they were not married in the first place, they won't need to get a divorce, but they still need to get a parenting arrangement in place and a financial agreement in place for property settlement. Hopefully that clarifies what a marriage is, what a divorce is, what the process is. Let's take a quick break, and when I come back, we'll continue to learn about concepts within divorce and separation. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Just another thanks to Altus Financial for getting behind My Millennium Money Medical. We can't do this without them. 
Whether you're established in your career with a solid income and looking for next steps, or you're after advice about buying into, selling or opening your first practice, Altus Financial can help. Altus is offering a complimentary 15-minute chat for anyone who wants to discuss their scenario with their professional team. Click the link in the show notes for more information. Welcome back and we'll further discuss some of the concepts associated with the divorce. Now, I just want to elaborate a little bit more about how it works with children. The important thing about divorce is it doesn't include parent arrangements or property arrangements. Parenting arrangements are governed by the Children and Family Law Court System. And the main objective here is children have a right to a joyful and meaningful relationship with both of their parents and to be protected from harm. The Family Law Act 1975 is gender neutral. What that means is it doesn't make assumptions of gender roles in parenting. The whole aim of all of this is to take into account the best interests of the child. There is actually free advice on this topic. If you're interested, you can call the Family Relationship Advice on one 800 050-321. So what is parental responsibility? Each parent has a responsibility towards their child. And it doesn't matter if the parents are married or in a de facto relationship or not even in a relationship. Both parents need to share some responsibility towards the parenting of the children if they're under the age of 18. Within this boundaries, there are specific rules about what's called long-term issues and decision-making. For example, schooling, major health issues, decisions about health, and religious affiliation. When it comes to these matters, parents can actually make a legal request, make legal obligations in order to make these decisions. This is called equal shared parental responsibility. This does not mean equal time spent with a child. Then it's up to the courts to decide on such matters. So what is a parenting agreement? Now, there are no hard and fast rules about making arrangements when it comes to parenting. Who the child lives with is not set in stone. This is often a misconception. There is no set rule that a child must spend 50-50 shared equal time with both parents. And in most cases, parents may come to an agreement formally or informally themselves based on their work and lifestyle commitments. You don't need to involve the court system for this. It can be a private arrangement. If you want the courts to be involved... You can devise a plan and then get the courts to authorise it, and that's called a consent order. Refer to the Parenting Orders Handbook for more information on this subtopic, and maybe I'll link it in the show notes. So what happens then if parents can't agree on parental arrangements? Most parents have a private parental arrangement. If this can't be reached, then you can involve family mediation services who will try and help find a middle ground. And if this fails then the court system needs to be involved. The common misconception is a lot of parents think that the court system needs to be involved for organising parental arrangements. It's actually not required. You can work it out with your partner or ex-partner. It is compulsory, though, under Australian law that mediation must be tried first before involving the court system. And the persons involved in this are called Family Dispute Resolution Practitioners. They're professionals. The cost can be free, depending on the clients, or is usually around $30 an hour, and it's usually the first hour is free. This is means-tested, and I think the bracket for earnings is $50,000. Sometimes a mediator may include children in the discussions, depending on the age and maturity, and if the mediation fails, they issue a certificate, 
called a Section 60i certificate. This allows an application to be made to the family court system, and that's the next level. And unfortunately, involving the court system may cost you substantially more. So let's use an example to highlight some of these concepts. Amy and Rob are both healthcare workers. They're both doctors. Amy is a family physician and Rob is a geriatrician. Both work part-time and unfortunately they've decided to end their relationship and are currently working out parenting arrangements. Due to both of their work commitments, they're unable to come to an amicable arrangement for caring for their children. Their children are aged between seven and nine and go to school. They decide to involve the local Family Dispute Resolution Centre and start the mediation process using the FDR practitioner. The whole process takes around 12 hours over several days. They've managed to remain at task and focus on the children's future. They're committed. They come to an arrangement which is agreed upon and workable. And the total cost to both of them is around $600. The FDR practitioner charges $50 per hour. This is much cheaper and much more cost effective for Amy and Rob compared to having the court system involved, which could have cost thousands of dollars for both of them. So here's my pro tip. Wherever possible, avoid lawyers and avoid the court system. It's just ridiculously expensive. Now, I spoke to a doctor recently who's currently going through the divorce proceedings via the court system because they couldn't agree on anything and everything. And it's not finalised yet. And so far, they are $100,000 at least down with the costs. So wherever possible, just avoid the courts. Now, what about money and property during a divorce or a separation procedure? The key thing to understand here is you don't need to get divorced to get a property settlement. That is, you can stay married and still live separated. The other important thing is it doesn't matter if you don't own anything on title. You may still be eligible for property settlement. And it doesn't matter if you don't earn an income in a relationship, you may be eligible for a property settlement. So we need to define what property is. What is property? Now, these are considered property, a family home, bank accounts, businesses, family trusts, jewellery, debts, including mortgages, loans, credit cards, personal loans, any other debts, any laying cash, any investments, including cryptocurrencies or property, shares, insurance policies, superannuation, vehicles, and anything major in the home items like expensive paintings or a piano or other special items of interest. So when's the best time for property settlement? Generally, the best time is as quickly as possible after separation. There are time limits which apply. After divorce, you have 12 months, and after separation, you could got to do it as quickly as possible. If you're not married but in a de facto relationship, you must apply for property settlement usually within two years of separation. And if you miss these deadlines, you may need to seek court orders to apply for property settlement, which is of course more fees and more costs and thereby more expensive. It's encouraged to avoid the court system wherever possible and try and come to an agreement outside of the court system to reduce your costs. You can use the family dispute resolution or mediation team to come to an agreement. The same system that applies during a divorce proceeding is the same system that applies for property settlement. So what are the three main ways that you can actually settle property? The first way is called an informal agreement. 
This is when lawyers are not involved. It's not always recommended because it's not enforceable. So it's not a great idea in general, I think, unless you super trust your ex-partner and everything is amicable, which I suspect you may not be, in which case, why trust them with an informal agreement which is not enforceable? The second way you can do property settlement is called a financial agreement. This is similar to a BFA, binding financial agreement before entering into a relationship, except now you're doing it after the relationship has ended. Now, I've done an episode on this about BFAs before. They're essentially the same document. It's basically a written contract between two parties about property settlement. And I think the episode about the binding financial agreement is in episode 208, if you're interested. Now, this can only be sorted via lawyers, and each person must seek independent legal advice if you want to go this way. The third way that you can get property settlement is what's called consent orders. This is when the court system approves an agreement. It has the same effect as a court order, and these orders are sought via the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia, except in WA, where it's the Family Court of WA. Those are the three ways that you can go about getting your property settlement done. Now, what are some of the things that you need to consider when dividing property? Number one is there's no set rules about property division. Number two is the whole point of it is to make it as fair and equitable. Number three is, therefore, if there are two parties and one has income generation capacity, which is higher or significantly higher than their partner, then it's no surprise their partner may end up with more of the percentage of the property overall. Number four is, these are the things to look for in a fair settlement. You'll look at debts and assets, direct financial contribution by each party to the relationship, wages and earnings, indirect financial contribution by each party to the relationship, such as gifts and inheritances, and non-financial contributions, such as caring for family members and children, and future requirements, such as age, healthcare, caring responsibilities, and capacity to earn. The whole process is quite individualised, and also depends on your lawyer and how hard they negotiate. What about superannuation? Now, superannuation is still considered part of the property settlement, and there are clauses where super can be split in the process of divorce or separation, and property settlement. Once it's split, it doesn't mean you can access your super. It just means that it'll go into each other's super accounts and the same rules about accessibility apply. I've done a recent super series. Refer to that if you're interested. The split topic, though, is an entirely separate topic altogether because the splitting of super in the case of divorce proceedings or property settlement can get quite complex. There is a great article by Feral Family Lawyers, if you just Google it, about superannuation splitting, divorce and property settlement. What about if you're not married? What about de facto relationship? Does all of this still apply? The answer is yes. Same rules apply whether you're married or not married or in a de facto relationship. Now, what about de facto relationships in WA? This is interesting. Surprisingly, super is considered property in WA, but it's not splittable. And this could be because I think they have something called constitutionally protected funds, similar to South Australia. Correct me if I'm wrong, if you live in WA or South Australia, and if you think this information is not accurate enough, let me know, I'll be very curious to hear it. So in WA, when organising other property distribution, the fact that super is not splittable is taken into account. 
and WA is the only state which treats de facto couples differently in this regard, and I suspect this is likely to change in the future. It just seems odd to treat de facto couples differently in WA. But if you're married, you can still split super in WA, and that's interesting. It's only for de facto couples that this non-splitting rules exist, which is a bit weird. So let's use an example to highlight some of the concepts learned so far in the second half of this episode when it comes to property settlement. Amy and Rob are married and have adult children. They decide to separate and they engage lawyers and discuss how to split property. They consider their family home, cars, superannuation, index fund portfolio and share portfolio, investment property portfolio, etc. They also look at their debts and mortgages owed. After discussion with their lawyers, they note Amy's super is far lower than Rob's. This is likely because Amy took time out of her workforce to have and raise children. Therefore, the lawyers take this into account. They wish to have a settlement outside of the court system, and they've been able to, with the help of their lawyers, to work out an agreeable property settlement. Once done, they submit the court system to get the consent orders to seek approval to finalise it. Because they're married, they're able to split their super too, despite living in WA. Now that's about it for this episode about separation, divorce... We've cut off a lot of subtopics here, including what is marriage, what is divorce, the statistics about divorce in Australia, how does it work with children and parenting arrangements, what about property settlement, and what happens in WA for de facto couples, and what are the three main ways property settlement can occur. Divorce and separation is an intense topic, and emotions can run high, and some people can do really bizarre and vindictive things during the whole process. During this time, it's absolutely vital to get the proper advice, and sometimes, Just waiting, even for a few days, before doing anything can prove cost-effective. I hope this episode is helpful. I'm not a lawyer, not a divorce expert, and I'm certainly not a relationship counsellor. Please seek appropriate legal and relationship dispute resolution advice when making critical decisions when it comes to divorce, separation, property settlement, and most importantly, parenting arrangements. Now, remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be using. Or leave a five-star review on all of the platforms. That's even better. And please leave a positive review. The more ratings and reviews you leave, the more people get access to the podcast. So please keep them coming. My name's Dev Raga. This is My Millennium Money Medical. And until next time, please make sure you stay safe. We acknowledge the Awabakal people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respects to their elders, past, present, and emerging. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement, target market determination, and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, and Glenn James are authorized representatives of Money Sherpa Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.